Welcome to the Geek Saga Podcast, brought to you by Geek Saga Entertainment. Hi, I'm Tara Lynn of Geek Saga Entertainment, here with my Hot D Takes co-host, Manny, for the new Geek Saga Podcast series, 90s and Naughties Cringe Factor. This series will focus on some of those problematic teen movies, rom-coms from the 90s and early 2000s that we, shoot, is it love to hate or hate to love? Either way, I'm Manny. And for our first episode, we're chatting about the cringe factor of 1999's She's All That. At the time, She's All That was a modern take on My Fair Lady, which was, of course, at its time, a modern take on Pygmalion, but in pure 90s and naughty's fashion. She's All That was, of course, set in a California high school. The main goal in this er, movie was for popular straight-A jock Zack, played by Freddie Prince Jr., to get the supposedly scary and unapproachable Lainey, played by Rachel Lee Cook, elected as prom queen. So, we'll begin our discussion with a list of 10 things we hate about this movie, then suck it up and admit one to three things we actually liked in our these are all that section. We'll also rate She's All That, you know, the movie we're covering, on a cringe factor scale of one to ten Zach Morrises, with one being the least amount of cringy Zach Morrises and ten being the most amount of cringy Zach Morrises. Before concluding with our watch this, not that suggestion for the episode. But before we get started, you can follow me and therefore all of the Geek Saga endeavors at A Geek Saga on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube. And you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Manissimo Art. Last, but hopefully not least, we hope that you'll check out the Geek Saga Entertainment Patreon. We have 10 tiers ranging from $1 a month to $40 a month, and I'm actually in the process of doing a minor revamp that includes adding some Ice and Fire Con perks and more. As always, though, it will, of course, include early access to these 90s and naughties Cringe Factor podcast episodes. You can check it out at patreon.com slash geeksaga underscore entertainment. And now it's time for 10 things we hated about this movie. All right. Number one, starting at the beginning, the very top, girl shopping. You know. Oh, yeah. That scene at the very beginning when... Taylor has just broken up with Zach and they are wandering around after making their bet. What would you call that? After agreeing to, after agreeing to a bet? I'm not even sure what this is because we never know what the terms of the bet are until the very end. But they wander around looking for a girl that Zach can turn into prom queen because he believes that he can do that with literally anyone. Yep. Although not really because they're going around pointing out all these people and it's like nah 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 and i know some of it is like nah that's not bad enough for fuck's sake they literally start this whole thing off by saying let's go shopping what okay and they talk about people who are mere feet and sometimes mere inches away from them without being heard Like, do not talk to me about suspension of disbelief here. The girl that walks by that Zach says has the Chelsea Clinton thing going on, she's like six inches from his face. Did you talk about people like that in high school? Listen, I know it's a movie, but like, 
No. How did they? How are they not <laughs> hearing them? <laughs> no, I mean it was just weird, you know. And the fact that he's just like, oh well, you know, girls, you know, got like nice boobs or like, you know, whatever. They're just like very, very date rapey vibes, you know, and. And they're just literally like, and, and you know what? It's not even so much that they were like six feet away. Like they're literally looking at a person and like talking like, oh, hey, like if that person looks up, they're going to know that they're talking about them. And what are these two jock guys going to be talking about when they're looking like at a girl, right? Like it's either going to be to bully them or to make fun of them, or they're going to be talking about their butt or something. Cringe. Literally the only girl that wasn't positioned in a way that she could see that they were talking about her if she had happened to glance up or i don't know be listening to the person that's six inches away from her face was the girl picking a wedgie yep. which yep so what man she's got a wedgie she had a nice butt too honestly like no she did yeah no she was very pretty and but again it's like with everything in this movie it's like anything they're trying to do it's like it has to be on steroids right it's like any everyone has picked a wedgie in their time but it's like, it's not like I like bend over halfway, you know, in the middle of it. And like, I'm just like, oh, let me just keep chugging mm-hmm. at this. You know, it's like everything is like a caricature of what they're trying to like portray. Right. So it's like, oh, nerd person. We need to make them over the top, you know. Oh, jock person over the top. It's almost like everybody is just a cartoon character of what they're trying to like portray this on every single level you know and in that scene you can totally see it with the girl with the wedgie the way the guys are like girl shopping and like all this stuff you know it's really wild and even like as a dude for me i never associated with people like that and it's not like i was like oh i got rid of people like that throughout my life it's just maybe i just got lucky and i just never came across dudes that were gross like that you know, and like, and obviously I, in high school, I was, you know, I wasn't a burnout, but I was part of the burnout crowd and none of us really gave a shit. And we never talked about that, those kind of things. We weren't jocks or anything, you know? So yeah, it was cringy to watch, man. Like you said, it's a, it's a caricature. The crazy thing is they made a caricature of this movie with not another teen movie. I mean, it wasn't just this one. It was of like varsity blues and, and quite a few others that we will also definitely be eventually covering. I don't yeah. think we'll ever, I, I don't know if we'll ever cover not another teen movie because I feel like that's way too meta, right? That's way too but meta. Like, yeah. <laughs> this is already a character. That movie was a character of a character, but yep. one of the girls they talk about they're they literally fat shame her. Yeah. And thankfully, I guess, quote unquote, thankfully, she's a little bit farther away. But first of all, not like this is a totally like normal person, right? Like, and yes, this is 90s idea of what is heavy, I guess. Also a movie's idea and a high school idea of what is heavy. So it's like things compounding on top of each other. But honestly, thinking back to like myself in high school, I doubt I weighed much more than that girl did. And I was skinny like this girl was not heavy at all also she's like sitting on the ground she's like clearly got interest she's like really into talking about something she's clearly talking with a friend so like this cute girl who is a completely average weight has friends has interests is like animated and fun looking and they're like "Eh, eh, not that one she's too fat yeah. yeah. And it's just like, she's just like a normal person. She's just normal looking. And it's like, oh, gosh, it's so disgusting. You know? And it's like, why? Because she looks like 
about every girl I hung out with in high school, you know, like totally normal to me. Like, what the what the fuck are you talking about? But again, looks, it's like looks like they, most girls I hang out with now, like a completely like yeah, right? normally attractive person, not a movie star. Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> exactly. You know, and that's what like like makes the whole thing like kind of like funny, right? Because it, it is it's just these it's writers you know and they're and they're writing these sports guys or just jocks like but like on steroids like this is you know it's just a caricature of what it is but like yeah look at how you know i don't know look at how frat we are you know and it's like uh, okay you know i mean and and the problem with that and this is going to come up several times throughout this discussion i'm sure is that back in 1999, if you were a young person in high school, particularly a a girl or a femme presenting person, then you're, you're seeing them make fun of all these completely normal looking people who honestly, like, probably look better than most of the people you even know. Even the hottest people in your high school don't look as good as some of these people. And yep. at least in my case, I don't know, but I only went to like my high school had like 550 people in it when I graduated. So, and my class was 150 or something. So I I had a really small high school, but like looking back, it's like, I think this affected me more than I, it affected me then more than I really thought it did because I'm thinking about how I felt about this movie then and being like, Oh God, no. And how many girls did this affect even more negatively just this one scene just this girl shopping scene yeah i have the feelings about this movie also that i didn't realize right like just when it comes to like the male perspective i don't know if we're jumping off subject here but like because you do see that right because because you see the way that they depict women you know i was talking about this yesterday where i was like you know, and when you look at the guys, there's two guys in these movies, right? There's two, there's two guys, really. There's the incredibly attractive people and the people who are not attractive. And there's nothing in the middle. And the people who are not attractive are the awkward ones. Yeah. So with like Lainey's friend, Jesse, every time you see him, he's eating something or he's doing something that is not exactly like you would see as like what a normal person is like, oh, look, he, here he is eating. And it drove me nuts because it's like, dude, you know, some of these people are just like, they don't have to be, it's like, there isn't two options here. They don't have to be like the Freddie Prince Jr. And they don't have to be just like the Jesse and not that Jesse is like an unattractive dude. He's easily a guy that I would have been best friends with in high school, like easily, very easily, you know, like they did good with that, but it's like, they always depict guys as like this black and white thing. You're either really attractive. And if you are really attractive, Okay, if you're the guy and you're really attractive in the movie that you are an asshole. Okay, period, because you're doing assholery. Okay, all the time. We always see that. And if you're the awkward kid, well, you're just awkward. You're the nice guy, right? You're the nice guy and you're awkward, but you're not really going to going to hook up with anyone in this movie. Well, I mean, except, you know, for Jesse, who got together with Anna Paquin, which was awesome. But it'd be nice to maybe see the awkward character guy character, maybe maybe play the lead one time, you know, and not just be the uh, side character. It sure as hell is not happening in a 90s or noughties. No, definitely. Yeah. (laughs) I'm on the wrong podcast for that one. (laughs) Well, I mean, and all that said, just to piggyback a little bit on what you're saying about Jesse and also Zach and 
Dean. Oh my God. I hate that his name is Dean. Okay. Yeah. For those of you listening, <laughs> my partner's name is Dean. So every time I talk about the awful Dean in this movie, I'm, I'm going to personally cringe my like, cringe factor that his name is Dean for me is definitely 10 out of 10 Zach Morris's. Okay. <laughs> but the first time we meet Jesse, he's eating a Twinkie. I'm sorry. It's a Twinkie light, whatever the fuck that is. Do those, Twinkie did those light, ever yeah. exist? I, I should have Googled it, but I think Lainey they did actually. actually fat shames him. You said yep. you were going to lose X amount of pounds before graduation. He is not heavy. He is mm-hmm. a totally normal dude. Like he's not normal skinny. Guy. He's not like a buff fit Zach Seiler. He's not a buff fit Zach Seiler or a yep. Dean Prickhead, whatever he is. But like, yep. he's a totally normal yep. dude. He's a normal so, guy. Exactly. He just looked normal, but. Yeah, and you're right. And 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 she totally just kind of fat shames him right off the bat. That was one of the things on my notes that I took. And I'm like, dude, girl, what are you doing? You know? Like... It, honestly, minus 50 points for Lainey Boggs for fat shaming her best friend over a Twinkie. Honestly. And that was the weird, you know, let's just move ahead before I get into Lainey. <laughs> well, before we close out, though, speaking of dudes who are friends with these people, I did want to say, and this actually, it happened several times throughout the movie. Preston seems like an all right guy. No, and that was one one of the things on my notes. I was like, this guy is the most normal guy out of all of them. Like he's literally like like the most neutral. Yeah. Preston was definitely like he he was like like literally if I was in that school, I'd pull him aside and be like, bro, why are you hanging out with these fucking people? You're like you're not like them at all. Like you're actually like a cool fucking guy and very neutral and very normal. You know, like nice, know. really. Even I like I I would say. Yeah. Other than a couple of the kind of jokey comments he makes about the bet after the fact, he tries to talk them out of the bet, whatever. We'll mm-hmm. get more into it later. But he, mm-hmm. why is he friends with these people? Ew, I hate it. Thank you. Number two, Lainey Boggs as a concept. Okay, so this one I have thoughts on. Why is it that all nerds or awkward people wear glasses? It's like that's like the staple. It's like they have to be as bland as possible, you know, which wasn't really realistic for Rachel Lee Cook. She's not bland in any kind of way. She's actually really attractive. And, you know, she is totally like conventionally attractive, like in, in all ways, you know, and like, look, and I'm not going to lie. I fell victim to it. Like I had a huge crush on her back in 2000s when, when, when she was making her thing. And then she did the voice of, of fucking Tifa and Final Fantasy Advent Children. And I was just like, oh my God, this girl's like, she's just the fucking best thing, you know, since fucking sliced bread. You know, I was a huge crush on her or whatever. Lenny Boggs as a concept. And I guess, okay, listen, I didn't go to some giant, rich, fancy person high school in California. Okay. But me coming from a kind of, you know, smaller town, in Connecticut, where I had known 30% of my classmates since kindergarten. By fifth grade, I knew about 50% of them. Like in middle school, that upped it to 70%. And by the time I got into ninth grade, I knew like 98% of the people that I graduated with. Very few people moved into our town. We were very small. So I will start this off by saying that my concept of what high school is is skewed by where I'm from, okay? But I still believe that Lainey Boggs as a concept was completely unrealistic in the late 90s, even in the late 90s. Like you said. I agree with that. 
glasses and having your hair back in a ponytail and unfashionable clothes, which first of all, like she's just dressed comfortably and she wears a smock a lot because she's artsy and constantly in art class, I guess. She's clumsy. I mean, that's a favorite YA trope. Need we bring up Bella from Twilight? Um, (laughs) But like being clumsy is like this like cute thing eventually but in this movie it's like oh god no she's clumsy oh she fell down what a disgusting piece of trash we can't choose her no the the weird boobs and the oh god he i think he even says fat i think he even says zach yeah i can deal with fat i can deal with weird boobs and it's like dude not a single person who is fat has graced this screen and i'm saying graced with all seriousness okay like not a single person who is fat has graced the screen. But okay, yep. cool. You can deal with fat. You can deal with weird boobs. Fungus, where the fuck did that come from? What the but, fuck was that about? Like, what fungus are you talking fungus. about? You know? <laughs> exactly. It's like, like, you know what's funny, too, is that there's almost like a weird, like, I don't know if it happened for you, but for me, for me, it was like, it was strange, right? Because it was like, you have Lainey and I see what they're trying to do, but then there's part of it where it's like with the writers, like, I don't know where you were going with this because you wanted someone who was like nerdy. So you gave her the glasses. You wanted her to be like bland, you know, so you just kind of gave her the long hair, you know, and she wears like, you know, the smocks all the time because she's doing the painting. It's like, why didn't you make her just be like a comic book artist? Or why didn't you make her be like into computers? Like the way you did everybody in this movie is such a stereotype of what they're supposed to be that I almost feel like with her, it's like, I feel like it was either just like you guys just gave up at some point. Like maybe you wrote her character last because the way like the the movie is conditioning me to be like, okay, she's going to be a computer nerd who does art also and like all this stuff. But even her attitude was very snarky and was very kind of cool in a way, you know, to where it's mm-hmm. like, wow, she's not, she's not awkward. Like she's like, she was very sharp, strong personality. And and it's good for her, like for her character, but in the movie itself as a whole, it felt very out of place. It's like, it's like, yes, you wrote her last. And the guy who wrote her character was the smartest person in the room. And everyone else just kind of wrote these like caricatures of who they're supposed to be. You know, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I will say this, the guy who's trying to change her is also apparently the smartest person in the room. But that said, I think what this was, was them trying to keep the Lainey character way too close to... So what they were trying to do by making her not be like a nerd as we would think of a nerd like a super smart person i mean she even straight up says when he approaches her like i'm not that smart my grades aren't that good like if you're expecting me to tutor you or something he's like no i'm like valedictorian or salutatorian or some shit yeah but they're trying to keep her character close and in this case too close to that of eliza doolittle in my fair lady which is a young woman who has been essentially raised in the slums and so therefore has not had the education and Eliza Doolittle doesn't have the knowledge and has not been taught the manners that the main male character, Henry Higgins has. So I think the problem you have with it makes total sense in the modern setting. So many things they screwed up, but that's really one of the bigger things they screwed up about Lainey's character in particular was that they were trying, I think, too hard to make her 
an Eliza Doolittle. Uh, yeah. You know, and I watched My Fair Lady, but like a long time ago. But I guess mm -hmm. after this, I'm going to go watch it because I had no idea that this is was what it was kind of like resembling or like based off. I had no idea. So now it's going to be interesting to go back and to watch My Fair Lady now. But yeah, like you were saying, she's very, she's like a little bit snarky. She's very sharp. And as I mentioned, she has this really strong personality. So, and also let's be real under the art smock and the unfashionable clothes and the glasses and the, I guess, long, supposedly in this time, bland, quote unquote, brown hair. She's mm -hmm. a totally conventionally attractive person. Somehow, though, all of those things mean that she needs the help of some dude. Yeah, okay. All right. Number three, Zach's big, sad problem. And that is that he's a rich white boy who got into too many Ivy League schools. I went to community college, y'all, you know, <laughs> for like a few semesters and I dropped out. That was like my only option. It must be nice. It must mm -hmm. be nice that he got to every Ivy League school like, okay, dude. Hey, at least I'll say this. At least it wasn't just on a scholarship based on his sports ability. He's smart. I'll give him that. He just wasn't some dumb meathead, you know? Well, they had to Henry Higginson, so. <laughs> Which, yes. Yeah, so. Right. You know, and the thing is, is I wish you would have mentioned this a week ago because I would have watched both of them. And I think I could have really brought my A game instead of my B plus game right now. You know, I mean, that said, yes, it's good that they made it that he got into these schools of his like full own accord. I guess there could be the argument that maybe Dartmouth only accepted him because his dad is an alum, but all the other ones did. So I think that kind of negates that. Yeah. But the fact that he just has a pile of letters from Ivy League schools, and he's like, Bleh. I don't want to yeah. go to Dartmouth. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> my it's dad like, really dude, wants God. me to go to Dartmouth. Grow up. Yeah, dude. That is first class <laughs> rich white people problems right there, dude. Mm -hmm. I'm with Lainey here. Like, make a fucking decision or don't, but, like, stop whining over it, honestly. Yep. I did go to a four-year school. I do have a degree. Almost went to law school too. But like what I did was I started on a scholarship and then I ended up hating that school and transferred to a public university. So like my education wasn't expensive. It was good, but it wasn't anything spectacular. Like I for sure could have gotten into better schools, but... I wasn't about to try to figure out a way to pay $30,000 a semester for like UVA. Yep. Watching this just made me think back to like young Tara. My parents were very poor when I was younger and they started their own business. So they were upper middle class by the time I graduated high school. So we could definitely afford a good education, but they couldn't afford a $30,000 a semester school or even a $20,000 a semester school or whatever college costs back then. So it's yeah. like... Your parents can't afford it, and you got into, like, a dozen Ivy League schools or however many letters he had. Like, I don't know, Yeah, man. and, like, just do it. And the thing is, is that did they ever discuss what his major was going to be in it? They never no. did, right? Like, what? He well, was, not until the okay. end when he's like, maybe I'll just go to UCLA to the art program. And Lainey's like. The art program. Yeah, okay, dude. It's like, With your yeah, hacky right, sack dude. art. With your hacky sack art. <laughs> exactly. It's like, dude, just pick one of the schools that is in an area that you like and then just go major or whichever, you know, whatever you're interested in. Like, this is not difficult. Are you interested in building stuff? Then go to MIT. 
you know, I'm sure you got accepted to that one too. Keep going. This is not difficult, you know, like I would have loved to have been in that position. Yeah. And I get, I get like, oh, like my dad really wants me to go to Dartmouth and I want to please my parents. Okay. I get that to an extent, but like the extent that they took it in this movie was just like, oh no, poor sad rich white boy. He doesn't know which Mm -hmm. Ivy school to go to. Mm. He can afford all of them. He got into all of them. It's very Gilmore Girls. Yeah. Gilmore Girls, honestly. Oh, I just wanted for to hug you, his poor little head. Yeah, for those of you who have never watched Gilmore Girls, um, the main character Rory gets into quite a few Ivy League schools, and there's like a big fight about it. I'm not going to say which one she gets into in case you've never watched it and decide you want to eventually, but you know. Yeah, but yeah, so then he later is like, oh, I'm going to go to UCLA or some fucking California school and, and go to art school. Like, honestly, like, if that's what you want to do, okay. But also, like, you can't just get into art school, okay? Yeah. You have to have, like, a yeah. portfolio and shit, even if it's the art department of a of any college, particularly any major college. You don't just walk into that shit. There's a whole thing well, could... in this movie about the about Lainey yeah. and the other art school kids or the other art kids that are like trying to get into college for Christ's sake. Like But I guess it's a good, you know, point about his character, right? Because he's a, a mm. you know, ignorant, you know, entitled, you know, privileged kid. So he's like, "Oh, it's just art. I can do that in any school, and that's what I'm going to do." It's like, "No, motherfucker, you got to get recommended. That's different, and that time has passed for you." <laughs> what are you going to do? Like, did somebody videotape your hacky sack performance your hacky art sack with their with their like what would they videotape it with a 99 with their like giant handheld like Sony camera? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's practically oh real gosh. in the film era, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> there have been the back like this ain't the digital era, assholes. <laughs> you gotta put that shit on a VHS tape and send it to an art school. Hey, hey, now to be fair, this was like 1999, so they did have the small videotapes now for the oh, <laughs> for the video okay. camera. There were still videotapes, but they were small. <laughs> well, moving on to number four, the so-called iconic makeover scene. Now, this is coming from a femme perspective on my part i'm going to argue because i did actually like look up some articles about this movie like in reviews like old ones and newer ones and people keep calling it this iconic makeover scene i am arguing that it is not and why i'm saying that is because even as a teenager i don't remember when in 1999 this movie came out but i'm gonna guess i would have been 16 and i'm aging myself and also telling you how old i am (laughs) but even as a teenager the makeover scene in this movie bugged me so she puts in contacts gets a very basic but shorter haircut Mm -hmm. they clean up her eyebrows a little bit puts on some very simple makeup, not arguing that, you know, but just very simple makeup, nothing glam or anything, and a red dress. And then they punctuate this whole thing by playing that awful overplayed Kiss Me song as she came down the stairs. But, like, I don't know, man. Maybe it's because most of this was the same shit I would do between regular school days and, like, a school dance. Not even, actually. I don't know. I I got contacts in ninth grade, and I never wore my glasses to school after that, but I have very bad eyesight, so contacts were 
just way better for me. It had nothing to do with looks. It's like having peripheral vision and shit. But this is so basic. Like, it's just too basic. How is this iconic? She she doesn't change at all, like looks wise, no. other than getting some hair cut off. I didn't even notice the eyebrows thing. No, and the only way it's even mentioned, it's because Anna Paquin. They asks show it her, happening hey, a ever... little bit. Yeah, and like a little bit. She plucks like two of them and like, oh, okay, you're all done now. Here you go. And then magically, within five minutes or two minutes of the movie, they cut off all this girl's hair and give her a cute little little short haircut and she comes down wearing a red dress which i might add i think taylor was wearing a very similar dress at some point and this is the dress that freddie prince jr brings to her that's a little like mm, bro guy like you're just trying to Part dress of me her wants like to that. hope it, it was his sister's dress yeah i want to hope it was his sister's dress and it just happened to be similar to taylor's but yeah i just who knows with this movie like, yeah who knows with this movie <laughs> Yeah, so that makeover scene was so coming from like a dude's perspective, right? When a girl does that, right, where she gets herself totally made up and she's not someone who gets made up regularly or or anything like that, like it is really cool to like see because I have friends that were very like burnouts and stuff like that. But again, that didn't make them prettier to me. It made them prettier in the sense that I got to know them a little more. You know what I'm saying? Because I was already into them. So it didn't matter if they ever did something like that. It it wouldn't have changed my feelings. But then it's like, oh, wow. So if you do dress nice, this is the stuff that you're into. That to me is interesting and makes it attractive to me, but not in the sense like you would think like a guy would like, oh, because she looks hot now. It's like, no, it's because I'm learning a little bit more about her now. And that's what's attractive to me. And I think that that's like the other problem with this scene, other than that, they didn't really change all that much. And Rachel Lee Cook was already super fucking cute Mm -hmm. pretty like however you feel about her she's a very attractive person is that it's very male gazy that's what it's Mm -hmm. all about it's all about the male gaze first of all she stumbles in the heels that she's wearing she's not comfortable in what she's wearing nor does she look very comfortable the entire time she's wearing it and not just because of what happens at the party she just is always kind of like I don't know. And maybe the, the stumbling on the stairs and the heels kind of added to that, but it is very male gazy and it's like, meh, I mean, listen, yep. here's the thing. I can't say no women or femme presenting people get made up for dudes or for people they're attracted to, but generally, like, I don't do it for dudes, man. I do it yep. for myself. Now, in the past, absolutely I did it because I didn't want other mm-hmm. femme presenting people or women judging me now mm-hmm. i don't feel that way though yeah. now it's like i do it for me i want to look hot tonight so i'm putting on makeup i'm putting on cute clothes you know yep. and in this case it was very much like we've got to create a persona for you that isn't really you and to be honest the haircut is probably better for her with the art yep. and everything more so than yep. it is about like a looks thing and like you said, yeah. they plucked about two eyebrow hairs. I said her makeup is very simple. How is mm-hmm. this an iconic? Entirely certain there are other makeover scenes in teen movies that we'll eventually cover that are way more drastic than this. Just way saying. more drastic than that. Yeah, because she didn't. Yeah, because you're right. She didn't look much different. It was like, okay, so you got a haircut and that's it. And the makeup. Yeah, very natural looking makeup. Nothing over the top. It was just, okay, I would call it more of a of a refinement more than anything else. You know, it wasn't like an iconic mm-hmm. makeover. 
It was an iconic yeah. refinement. That's pretty much it. But they cut her hair so she can't wear a ponytail, and she's also no longer wearing glasses. <laughs> yeah, they I have guess to get rid of that stuff. Iconic. Yeah, that's that. That's what makes you hot. You got to lose the glasses, man. You know, and you can't put your hair in a ponytail anymore. No ponytails ever. <clears throat> no ponytails ever, because that's unattractive, and it's like okay. But it, it is interesting to kind of look back at this movie to see what was considered attractive back in the day number five the art people y'all there's never a normal artist is there it's either one side of the coin or the other side of the coin there's no fucking normal people who just like hey what are you doing today no i'm sitting out in the park just sketching i'm sketching a fucking bird or i'm sketching a, a jogger or a passerby it's like no 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 i gotta be the weirdo these girls that tell laney to go kill herself you know like i gotta be like this kind of weird like dark weird or it's gonna be the modern art scene full disclosure if you're into modern art that's awesome i think that's great i'm glad somebody's getting something out of it i definitely don't get anything out of it maybe i'm just stupid you know and i just i don't get it but again like with a lot of things in this movie it's got to be extremes you know it can't be anywhere in the middle mm -hmm. you know and i feel like that's where they went with the art thing the two artist names are Savannah and Misty, but it's Misty who's the one who comes back into play post makeover at the party. And like her art is is all fucking creepy ass clowns. That's all it is. It's yep. creepy clowns. Yep. And it's like, they I do not have a clown yeah. phobia, but okay. Like who's buying that? My mom's younger sister is the only mm -hmm. person I've ever known who has liked clowns. To that extent where they would buy like clown art and hang it in their house. Yeah. In the good place, they literally fill Eleanor's fake house with clowns because <laughs> they know she hates them. Like it's clowns are kind of universally hated more than they're universally loved. And somehow this bitch is like, I got top choice art school on a full scholarship. How? How? What did you do with yeah. your life? You painted some clowns. Yeah. Get clowns. That's how I got there. Yeah. I got there on clowns. And and of course, again, she's she's like the weird art person. So they have to do weird stuff, right? Like, look, I have seen some modern art stuff that is something that I would find ridiculous. Okay, if you find it okay, then awesome. Like I said, maybe I'm just uncultured, you know. But I've seen stuff like that that's just been like, hey, awesome, you know, like that's really interesting to me, you know, and I, I think it's great. But since she's the weird artist, so like we have to put something weird in there, you know, and it can't just be like murder or death. No, 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 no. That's too much. It's got to be something creepy. I know clowns. Let's put clowns in there. Clowns are creepy. And like you, I've never had any type of aversion to clowns. I was just like, OK. And, you know, I, my brothers hate them, you know, hate clowns and they're just freaked out by them. And I'm like, well, I don't know. Maybe it's because I didn't watch the poltergeist when I was a kid or something. I don't know. Like, I don't care. OK, great. They're clowns, you know. I just think there's just no normal artists in this. I was watching it and then I was like, I had to think, right? Because I got into art recently and I'm like, but which one am I? Am I the modern artist or am I the uh, crazy one? Like I had to look through my drawings. Like, are there clowns in here? You know, like, <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, and it's not just the painting medium. It's also the performance art thing that Lainey goes to. Let's be real. 
they put this in a movie in 1999 to make people uncomfortable. Okay. Yeah. The weird yeah. like birth thing. And I'm, I'm calling it weird because this isn't my thing. Art is subjective. People have different opinions. Yeah. Honestly, like if you like it, your likes are different from my likes. It's fine. Art is subjective. Yep. That said, yep. for whatever reason, the line that sticks out in my head is when in that scene, one of the people runs forward and is like, my soul is an island. My car is a Ford. And it's like, why? Wait, what? <laughs> and the other guy's like, I want to be like Mike. What? The whole what? rest of that scene is like definitely this just really kind of, I think, deep or maybe want to be deep. I don't know. I am not a performance art person to that extent. So I couldn't give an opinion on it, honestly, other yeah. than it seemed really weird that the whole thing seemed very deep, including like Lainey's thing at the end. And even the like, be silent, be still, be silent. Like it all seems very deep, except for those two random lines that it's like, is this supposed to be funny? And honestly, like it doesn't help that the two people that come forward and give these weird lines, I don't know what the preferred term is. I believe it's usually little people. So these two people that come forward and say these kind of random awkward lines, which is my soul is an island, my car is a Ford, and then I want to be like Mike, are little people. And it's like, is this supposed to be funny? Because the whole rest of this performance art piece is very serious. And I believe would be moving if that is a thing that you are into. But those two things just seem like I feel like the movie was doing something bad there because it had no continuity with the rest of what was happening in that scene. Yep. And you're, you're absolutely right about that. And I think that, yes, the icky feeling you're getting from it is 100% correct because that's what I got from it. Anyway, so all of the art people in this movie are just over the top caricature well funny huh is that a pun they're caricatures, yeah. <laughs> art caricatures. <laughs> exactly so all right let's, well moving let's... on <laughs> okay this one is going to be a, a short and, and not so sweet one okay the pube pizza scene so there's a few thoughts i have on here number one why would you put your pubes on a pizza and make someone else eat it? I don't know. But there was one thing that like really made the whole scene unbelievable. And it really wasn't the fact that there was pubes on a pizza that he was trying to get like a kid to eat. What was weird to me is that none of those bullies really appeared or seemed to be intimidated by Zach to begin with. And, you know, the one kid, the one who put the pubes on there was like, he seemed maybe a little intimidated. The other guy just seemed like he was just like an extra in a movie. He was just like, oh, yeah, sure. OK, I'm supposed to be scared. OK, yeah. Hey, look, I'm totally scared now. I don't know. It just it was completely unbelievable. And I'm very much um a survivalist when it comes to school situations, you know, mm -hmm. where I'm like, bro, you're in a huge cafeteria. You know, you can always turn around and run. Why are you going to eat those pubes, man? It was just gross. It was a very unnecessary scene. They could have done just about anything else except that and still get the actual point across as opposed to that. So I I don't know what they were thinking with that one. It was gross is what it was. And then listening to this kid chew on it and watching the little hairs in his mouth. If, I mean, anyone who's anyone who gets hair in their mouth, it's like, you know, like it, it's an instant kind of gag like reflex. And then here you have this. And I'm like, dude, if I was that bully and I did that for whatever reason, if I was living a different life and a guy was like, you have to eat it, I would be like, dude, death first. Mm -hmm. Like, you're going to have to kill me. 
end of story. So that was, again, another scene that I just felt like that it was just like, we need to put a bullying scene, but we need to like pizzazz it. You know, we need to make it, we need to make it bigger. You know, it can't Ramp just it be him. Yeah, exactly. We got to ramp it up. He can't just be sticking his head in the toilet. We've seen that already. You know, this is not the 1950s anymore. You know, we got to do something edgy. And I felt like that was the best that they can come up with. And I'm like, guys, call me next time if you want like a weird scene like that. Not only is it just disgusting in literally all the ways, I skipped it when I watched. I was like, oh, no, yeah. not watching this. Goodbye forever. As soon as they like start. Yeah. Mm-mm. Like you said, you're right. The second bully, whose name is Munge, and why Zach Seiler, popular kid, knew this asshole's name is beyond me. He does seem to know a lot of people's names, which is weird, but also kind of nice. Except for that one time at the beginning where he calls the girl by the wrong name, and she's like, he said my name. And the girl's like, your name isn't Melissa? Or your name is Melissa, and he called her something else. (laughs) So, like, he knows a lot of people's names, whatever. So he knows this bully's name for some reason. And, like you said, the second bully particularly didn't seem, this munge guy didn't seem too, like, scared by him. And, like you said, also, just run. But on top of that, like, you're doing this in, like, a cafeteria? Like, I just, there, even in the late 90s, there are so many things about this that are just it's beyond character in this particular scene. And also it is out of place with the whole rest of the movie. The other bullying scenes in this movie are, if not entirely realistic, then certainly like a little bit more believable. This particular one was like, why it's bad enough already. You did not need to also make it disgusting. Like you said, they're trying to be fucking super edgelord about it in this one scene or something. Yeah. In the one scene. And I think I think another area where it fails when it comes to Zach's character is that you never get to see why he's intimidating at all. Mm. I didn't see him beat anybody up. I didn't see him shove anybody around. I didn't see him do anything. And when you're looking at someone like Munge, where Munge can probably clearly take him out. I mean, because let's face facts. Freddie Prince Jr. looks like he weighs 90 pounds soaking wet in this movie. He's an attractive guy. I'm not going to take that away from him. But aside from that, it's like you're not intimidating, bro. I'm sorry, you're just not. So, I mean, Taylor I was more intimidating looking than than mm-hmm. than he was. And then he's going to come here and tell someone like Munge, like, I mean, if Munge can't fight, he can at least take a beating. He looks like it. I don't know. It just, it wasn't believable. It was over the top. It was very out of place. So that whole scene was absolutely pointless. And I think they could have done that. They could have done a similar scene, like, absolutely. Like, I personally think that there shouldn't even have been the pubes thing. It should have been the, those two kids picking on someone and then, you know, Zach shows up and he gets into a fight or wrestles some of them and is like, oh, this is why people are intimidated by him, right? Like, okay, yeah, I can see that now, but they didn't do that at all. It was just, hey, guys, here I am, the main character, you know? And it's like, everybody has to like, (laughs) you know, everybody stop. Oh, no. So it was, I don't know. It was very cliche. It was very cliche. I love that. Here I am, guys, the main character coming the main to take character. Exactly. Oh. It's in the plot, guys. <laughs> it was bad. It was bad. It's also just Yeah, no, the whole hair in the mouth thing don't even I'll I'll throw up right here. I'll throw up on my microphone. Well, that's okay cuz oh. we can move on to number 7, which is why laney why and i've got two thoughts on this why why would laney go to prom with uh, can we call him something else can we call him like call him uh 
Call him Gene. Fiend. We're gonna we're gonna call him Deke. Deke. <laughs> yeah. Deke. Like, why would Lainey go to prom with Deke at all? Yeah, for someone who is so closed off, and that Zach really had to kind of bring her out of her shell. Like, you'd figure after that she would just run right back. And even if she didn't want to run back, she would have just went maybe with some other people, you know, or something like that. But then it's like by herself. Oh, yeah, or just go by herself, which is totally fine, you know. No, 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 no. I'm gonna go out with um. Let me see. Uh, douche number two. Oh, okay, cool. It makes no sense to me that she agreed to go with him in the first place when he like randomly shows up at her place of work and is like, "I want to take you to the prom," because like you know Zach doesn't want you. Now this said. And this goes back a little bit to the art people thing. She does have a little bit of a revenge streak in her. Misty was super fucking mean to her. I mean, like, beyond mean. Let's not even talk about the fact that she told Lainey to unalive herself in the beginning. And then later is like, I'm this rich bitch puking all over myself. And I got into my first choice art school on a full scholarship. And then, like passes out and spills her makeup bag all over the place and i'll be honest when i watched this again i was like would laney have done that i don't know like i'm still really torn about that sort of character move but that said as we've already talked about laney is snarky and she is outspoken she really is i mean from the start she's super outspoken with zach you know what I mean? So I fought with myself a little bit, but then I was like, nah, nah. I think she would have done that. And honestly, yeah. the girl deserved it. If not for the rude, like, I got into whatever school I wanted and on a full scholarship and I'm super rich, like, and you're cleaning up my puke, you poor person, which, ugh. Yep. ugh. If not for that, but for the things she had said earlier, I get it, Lainey. Lainey would have done that, Okay. But that's the thing, because of all of that, because I came to that conclusion, I do not believe that Lainey would have gone to the prom with Deke, as we're now yeah, calling Deke. him. <laughs> ten no, of the ten, of the right. ten fucking cringe factor Zach Morris for this guy already absolutely. all moving. Ten out of ten. No, it was fucking terrible. And I think that was the hardest time I had with Lainey in this movie, is that there was just things that didn't make sense to me. All the other characters, as ridiculous as they were, made sense within their own personality or how they were written. Mm-hmm. But with Lainey, like, it, it, it wasn't, right? Lainey is a snarky. She's not like a weakling or whatever. But then when this girl says a few little mean things to her, all of a sudden Lainey goes outside and has a mental breakdown. And I was like, she wouldn't do that. You know, she starts crying and like freaking out and stuff like that. And I'm like, I don't know. She just wrote on some girl's face getting vengeance on this stuff. Like, I don't know. I just I, I didn't I didn't find that as believable. I mean, I'm torn on that one, too. I think that was a combination of despite the fact that she had done what she just did, what Misty said absolutely obviously affected her or she wouldn't have done what she had done. And then she comes out of the bathroom and Taylor's immediately like, what the fuck are you doing here? Pours a drink down her fancy dress. She runs out and she trips and falls because she's clumsy. So it's like this weird combination of like, I don't believe it. And then in some ways I kind of do because I think she's also got this wall up of being yeah. the unpopular poor girl in the school. I don't know. This movie is so fucked up. It's got me twisted six yeah. ways from Sunday. <laughs> like, yeah, you look, 
I would have believed it more if she ran off, tripped, got up, was angry, but upset and crying at the same time. Like, that would be more of her yeah. character to me. Like, okay, yeah, she's just yeah. trying to get the fuck out of there. She wouldn't just stop and, like, melt into the ground. Yeah. Her, you know what yeah. I'm saying? For Zach to try to come save her or whatever the fuck. It's not in her character. I can definitely see her getting upset, definitely see her crying about it. Sure, I can absolutely see that. But just the way that it was, like, depicted, I felt it was like, bro, this is, like, two or three different ladies that I have to deal with in this movie, and I can't keep track of all of them. You know? <laughs> that and again like i said no matter which one of the ladies you're trying to keep track of i don't think any of them would have gone to the prom with yeah <laughs> yep agreed agreed <laughs> i keep stumbling over it <laughs> so the other why laney why moment is i get her forgiving zach but ending up in a relationship with him he literally bet on your life, especially yeah. as we'll talk about in a few minutes, the terms of the bet, but yep. he bet on changing you as a person to make you yep. prom queen in high school. And okay, fine, whatever. I guess let's be real. In these teen movies, 90s and naughties teen movies, and probably most teen movies, even past that, uh, up until maybe the past like five years or so, yes, being prom queen apparently matters. But yep. I get forgiving him, okay? He was very apologetic, very kind. You're my best friend, whatever. That's also a little bit weird, but fine. I've known you for six weeks and you're my best friend now, but okay. Yep. I think but the real answer here is, is because they had to wrap it up in 10 minutes. We kind of need an ending, guys. We need to kind of like wrap this shit up because after the uh synchronized dancing that was happening at the prom somebody in the writer's room was like guys we gotta wrap this up i gotta get home tonight let's just wrap <laughs> this up real quick i mean that yes don't disagree but also i think that again this is a teen movie so they have to end up together in the end they have to yeah that doesn't mean and that 24 ish years later i'm not going to fucking argue that it was stupid as fuck that she, okay, fine, she forgave him. Still think it's stupid as fuck that she ended up in a relationship with him after that shit. I think it was stupid. I think the movie would have, well, but again, it's a teen movie. I think we're kind of, yeah. we're, we're kind of looking at this a little more classically than we probably should have. But it's like, the movie would have been probably better if like she does forgive him. And then maybe they just kind of stay friends and they stay in each other's life. And it's just like normal, right? And it's like, okay, well. To us, you know, and then now. Zach, yeah, to us now, right? And then Zach learns a valuable <laughs> lesson about, like, well, you need to be like really respectful towards women, and you can't like. Maybe they'll make a sequel, you know. Maybe they'll make a sequel, like Eleven Things I Hate About You, and it'll be all about their kids or some shit. They'll do it. Oh right. my god! So if those two somehow stayed together forever, <laughs> <laughs> they oh, didn't, gosh. you know. Second, the <laughs> no, next, exactly, it's you fucking know. high school. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Moving on to number eight. Uh, this one's a serious one. And I'm, yep. I'm actually serious about this. Sexual assault is laughed off. Seriously. Paul Walker's character legitimately attempts to sexually assault Lainey in a hotel room when he's like, yeah, let's leave prom because you didn't win prom queen. He brings her to a hotel room and tries to sexually assault her. But... Yep. Lulz, don't worry. It's funny because she blew an air horn in his ear, and that's all the punishment he needs. 
yeah, like he'll learn his lesson, you know, because she hopes that it doesn't cause any permanent damage. I'm like, no, girl, you need to hope that that caused permanent damage. So that way this motherfucker will never forget the lesson that he learned from that fucking night. Because as far as I'm and concerned, also it's like call the fucking cops, maybe. Oh, no, 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 no. See, but no, no, no. Look, this this is this is 1999. Right. And, you know, guys just do guy things. Right. And they're just like, you should take it as a compliment because they're just into you, you know, and like. It's just Ugh. fucking garbage. This is why I don't have a time machine, because I would go back and ruin the timeline by shooting every person like this just at random. Because <laughs> that to me, that's the kind of fucking punishment they need. You know, not this fucking I'm going to blow an air horn. Into no, girl, you need to knife him with your keys. You know what I'm saying? Like, make sure he's maimed permanently and do it publicly, you know, to send a message. And then they go to the graduation scene and he's still like deaf and they're like calling his name and the girl next to him who happens, of course, to be alphabetically next to him is one of Taylor's friends who actually, Alex, I think is her name, actually played by Lil' Kim is next to him. And she was one of Taylor's friends who kind of was like, yeah, I don't know, Taylor, you're a big bitch. So um, Lady's cool now and fuck you. Love the character. But, like, she happens to be alphabetically sitting next to him because we couldn't obviously have, like, a no-name character sitting next to him. Yeah. And they're calling his name and he can't hear. And he finally gets up and goes, and it's like, it's supposed to be this funny thing. It's like, oh, he can't hear because Lainey blew an air horn in his ear when he tried to sexually assault her. And it's like, this is a Miramax well, exactly. picture, which uh, is a Harvey Weinstein picture. So, And that's that's what I said when I was watching it. And I said it out loud. I was watching it alone, but sometimes I talk to myself when I watch a movie. And he's like, oh, I'm going to take her to the hotel room. I'm like, why? So you can ask her for a massage in your fucking bathrobe, you fucking dick. Like, I was just like, this just screams Harvey Weinstein all over it. Fucking gross. I mean, the fact that Zach was able to find them at all as he's, like, driving through L.A. calling every hotel. Like, okay, dude, there's a fuck ton of hotels in that area of LA, but fine, whatever. I will say, mm-hmm. Lainey saved herself. She did not need yep. Zach to save her. So that exactly. was a plus, exactly. I suppose. I, like another thing too that when I was watching it and I was watching Zach looking around, like, was he doing that for her or was he doing it for him? Is it because you didn't want your friend to sleep with this girl that you're into, or did you actually try to look for her for for her protection? The motivation was fucking weird. I don't know at that point. I think it's like one of those things where you can't tell really. I want to hope that he cared because this is his friend and he doesn't know how Deke, <laughs> as we're calling him, <laughs> is. He does know how Deke is. So I do think there's a big part of him trying to protect his friend. I do. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt there. At no point in this movie, despite his asinine fucking girl shopping shit at the beginning, do I think that he is somebody who would force himself on someone. But here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, though. He is friends and remains friends, at least up to, like, later in the movie, with somebody who he knows will do that. So, mm, because Zach knew what type of person this dude was, and he was still friends with him. And he was still friends with him, exactly. And I think that's what it comes Uh, down to. Because it's like, dude, you hang out with trash, you know what I'm saying? And you know what they fucking are. It's like, 
Yeah. Trash begets trash begets trash begets trash. Exactly. Exactly. I was fortunate to where I was surrounded by guys that were, um, you know, not complete pieces of shit. We weren't, you know, people who were catcalling women or judging women by their size or, or anything like that. We were in because we were all intellectuals. You know, I surrounded myself with just a bunch of intellectuals and, you know, we all saw women as like equal to us. And it was never, it was never in question. When I see things like this in particular in the movie, it's still extremely foreign to me where I'm like, wow, you're just a fucking complete piece of shit and you're completely beneath me. Look, I am not an egotistical person in any kind of way, right? Like I have a very poor self-image of myself. But when I see people in real life that are like this fucking guy, I'm like, dude, you are fucking beneath me. Like you are nothing. You know, I am a god amongst men to you. I've had some men in my life who were like that, very few. But the thing is, bye forever, as soon as I realized who they were, essentially. As a femme-presenting person, I think the grossest thing is the fact that there are, I mean, a lot of people, not just men, who will excuse that sort of bad behavior. But yeah, like, that's the thing. Man, I'm sorry, but you were still... I, maybe it was like frenemies, okay? But it, it doesn't be. matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't it, matter. And actually, yes, yeah. I do think that's what they were. I think Deke and Zach were frenemies, but it doesn't matter. You still gave him like a platform, okay? Yeah. Stop giving mm-hmm. assholes a platform. Full stop. Yep. Yeah, exactly. You know, and at least if you are his friend, call him out on his bullshit. And be like, hey, maybe you should fucking stop doing this and stop being a fucking piece of shit. And when they say, no, this is fucking who I am. Okay, fucking bye. And for those of us who came from the street, when I see you do this to one of my friends, you're going to wind up in pieces in the fucking Everglades. Okay, so keep fucking around and watch what fucking happens. You know what I'm saying? I'm friends with Daddy <laughs> Fuck Damon. around and I know find how- out. Yeah. yeah, I'm friends with Daddy Damon. I know how to fucking handle this shit. All right. He taught me well. <laughs> You know, <laughs> number nine, the terms of that fucking bet. Like, seriously, Zach, for real, Zach bet on being able to change slash changing a person to avoid being naked at graduation. The fuck? Okay, so this this was a part that I missed, and maybe. I just wasn't paying attention. What did the naked thing have to do? Was that the bet? Is that what it was that he had to go to graduation naked if he didn't? Okay. So maybe that was the part I fucking missed because I was watching it. And when that end scene happened, I was like, the fuck is this about? You're just fucking naked. Like I just, I thought that the bet was kind of null and void at this point because I thought like a normal redeemed person, you would just like walk away from that bullshit. Why are you still adhering to something like this? I don't know. Nope. The whole thing was one of them had to be naked at graduation. I'm guessing. I, I'm assuming it was the same for both of them. We never yeah. know the full terms of the bet because it's never told throughout the whole thing until Zach is there with just his sash around his neck and his cap and a volleyball mm-hmm. in his lap for some reason. Was Oh, no, it was a soccer ball. Whatever. It was some yeah. sort of ball. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah. But you he throws it at Laney, right? Like, oh, yeah. See, take a look. This is what you're getting. Here you go. Oh, and, and it's like, and the girl who runs like a girl, according to one of Taylor's friends, and also 
played such shit volleyball can just catch it midair. Catch it. Like, oh, it's almost like if oh. someone threw it at me from a foot away, you know? <laughs> like, how hey. many takes did that take? Seriously, though, how would he not get arrested for this? Yes. There might yeah. be children at this graduation. My family, my whole family came to my high school graduation. That included my youngest sister, who was like 12. Yep. Uh, and he is over yeah, 18. Yeah. That is uh, indecent exposure, and you would definitely get arrested, and you would definitely do some jail time. It's like the best and you, you could have done And you would definitely was... be on the sex offenders list for the rest of your life. For the rest of your life, dude. You know, so it's like, look, you should have just kept the volleyball pressed on your junk, you know, so that way at least you can have some kind of argument that you weren't trying to, like, you know, be nude in front of the children. I don't know. Okay, it's fine. Just... Like, let's assume there's no children there. He's still getting arrested, okay? Yeah. And also, this was the bet. This was the bet. How is any part of this fun or funny or amusing? Honestly, making him eat pubes on a pizza would have been a better fucking bet than this shit. That would have been a better bet. And it would have been a good closure to that story arc with the cafeteria and the pubes, right? Because it'd been like, oh, like, it's him eating the it pubes a story now. Arc? It's a story arc. It's like a little side quest, you know, like, and it would have ended that arc of the story, you know, where it's like, oh, okay, wow. So in the end, the intimidating guy ate the pubes and he's sitting there with like the hair sticking out of his mouth, like, hey, guys, you know, like thumbs up, you know, like, <laughs> and the movie can just end right there with fucking closing credits. And it's like, wow, awesome. Look at Zach, man. He's fucking just so down to earth, man. Okay, anyways, I'm, <laughs> I'm diverting a little bit here. And also, he throws the <laughs> volleyball at Lainey, and guess what? Kiss me out in the moonlit uh, twilight. Something, something. This song is the worst song I've ever heard. Dude, <laughs> like, it took me like five years to get that song out of my fucking head, and I just heard it last night now, and I'm like, fuck. Now it's dude, they be play fucking... it in the fucking grocery store. Or at least oh. they, when I lived in South Carolina, they used to play it in the fucking grocery store. And I'd be like, can we not? I thought the song was lost to the annals of time. And it's apparently not. And every fucking, I, maybe not every movie, but it seems like this song was, it was like somebody from Miramax paid the artists like five grand to be like, can we put the song in every one of our teen movies for the next decade? And they were like, yeah, yeah. we need that five grand because we're totally a one hit wonder. Exactly. We need to live off this forever. So, yes, absolutely. Use that song for like everything. Oh, and it's just like, uh... and I thought that they were kind of doing a little decent job with throwing in some more like alternative music through it. Mm -hmm. You know, so I was like, oh, cool. Maybe it'll be like like a little different, you know, and then it's like, oh, this is what they did. Either way, like we said, how would he not get arrested for that? Even if there were no children there, that's yep. indecent exposure times a thousand. And I mean, I guess in the end that makes it like a really evil bet because it ruins like his entire future. Is he going to actually be able to go to any of the Ivy League schools he might have chosen? If the art school he might have somehow gotten into with the like, video camera footage of his hacky sack performance or whatever. Exactly. Are they gonna like, wow. are they gonna unaccept them? <laughs> I well actually I guess there's a chance they would have been like, Yes, this is art. This is art. They're like, What do you call this one, Zach? I call this one to catch a predator with Chris Hansen. 
you know, like <laughs> it's like what the fuck, man. And number ten, the sheer number of unbelievably random little things going on throughout this movie. Listen, I would have never thought about notice these things as a teenager, but how the fuck does a high school kid get the vanity plate, Mister Prez? <laughs> You know how much vanity plates cost, depending on where you're at, Dan? So I've lived in several different states. In Virginia, very easy to get, very cheap. In South Carolina, it's not like expensive, but it's Mm -hmm. a pain in the ass. I don't know how it is in California, but you cannot tell me that this high school student somehow just got the vanity plate, Mr. Prez, like off the mm-hmm. cuff. So did his dad just buy that hoping that his son would one day I I'm assuming be president of his class? Yep, and can you imagine if you lost? If he loses, it's like <laughs> bro, you're you're stuck with that plate at least for a year. Your dad is already <laughs> mad at you for not fucking wanting to go to Dartmouth and now you also didn't win the fucking high school presidential. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's like, "Oof, man, sorry, dude. That sucks." Now, this next one is a very personal pet peeve of mine about this movie. Why the hell were high school kids from California going to dirty-ass Daytona Beach, Florida for spring break? And listen, I've been to Daytona numerous times. I think the first time I went there was maybe 2001. It could have been 2002. Mm -hmm. But either way, Daytona Beach is not nice. And yes, MTV did do spring break in Daytona. The last time they did it there was 1993. Yeah. So this whole thing was supposed to be an MTV spring break because they had real world people there. And not just that they had real world people there, because to be honest, I've been to Myrtle Beach for spring break and they had some rando from like real world, I think San Francisco or something there in like, Mm -hmm. This is like 2004 or 2005, okay? So way, way long after that season of Real World had aired. But like they put this forward in this movie as like official MTV spring break in Daytona Beach. So this is not 1993 or before. And I actually did look it up. In 1998, which would have been probably the year most of this movie or some of this movie was filmed, they were in Jamaica. And in 99, which was the year the movie came out, they were in Cancun. But also, like, MTV Spring Break or not, who the fuck from L.A. area is going to nasty-ass Daytona Beach for a spring break? Yep. You're absolutely right. As someone who was raised in Miami, I went to Daytona Beach one time. Okay, driving through and I was like, let me stop. We stopped through there with me and some of my punk rock friends because we used to yell Daytona at each other when we got really drunk because it was like spring break, y'all. You know, like we used to like do that. We're like, hey, you know, it'd be great while we're driving here. Let's actually go to Daytona. Like, you know, and they're like, yeah, let's do it. And I'm like, awesome. And we went and I was like, ew. I was like, there's cars driving on, on the sand. Why? It was really weird. And then on top of it, to me, this is when the world actually started changing for me because I went to this thing to where like the people that were the most like sought after, like was people like Zach, right? It's like, oh, he's like the uh, letter jacket kids, right? They play football. They do all this stuff. And then everything changed 
And they went into this character's Matthew Lillard. Now, look, I like Matthew Lillard as a as an actor. I always anything he's in, I've always enjoyed. He's a really good actor. I really like him. I, I feel like he's a little underrated. But the character that he plays, this to me was like the turning point to where it was like, oh shit, things are really changing, like for real, you know. And this is becoming the sought after person is like this kind of guy, the out of control, like treat women like shit but like, like just out in the open just blatant like fucking yeah and fuck i gotta be as fucking gross and disgusting as fucking possible you know and it was that whole mtv spring break fucking bullshit which really it wasn't there was no spring break there like you said but you know what i'm saying but it was like that that style of fucking person you know where it was like i don't know man i just felt like they sat home you know jerking off to like limp biscuit or something that was who they were as people because we we would bump heads with people like that in the punk rock crowd because we weren't the most you know sightly people possible and we'd run across these and we used to we used to call them we used to MTV you know spring breakers that's what they are in the middle of fucking Tennessee or wherever the fuck we were visiting that we would see people like that and they're like yeah fucking MTV spring breakers here they come man with their fucking spiked hair and their you know and their glasses that they gotta like put up right right at the, at the the hairline you know and they gotta like and it's like those Oakleys. And they're like, hey, what's up, guys? <laughs> I'm going to go kick back some fucking, you know, some bruise, yo. And like, oh, and it's just like, what? So you know, like, the funny thing about that is similar people, right? When I've been on cruises, we mm-hmm. used to make fun of those same types of people. We call them like, woo, party bros, because they'd always yeah. have their, first of all, they'd always have their visors on, like backwards and upside down. Even in like 2010, 2012, they had their dumb, like narrow sunglasses with their fucking backwards, upside down visors and like their fucking aluminum Bud Light bottles in their hands and like girls on their shoulders in the like 10 by 10 pool on the cruise ship. Party bros. Like, yeah, man, I'm going to smash some tonight, man. What's up? High fiving each other. And it's just like, it was just what I would just consider to just be straight up just American trash back in the day. You know, we'd see these people and it's just like, oh, here it comes. Like, don't worry, guys. We're going to stick around here long enough for them to try to start a fight with us because they think they're on fucking camera. <laughs> you know, like this is like yeah. the real world or something. Yeah. And I mean, also, though, it's just like, OK, so in 1993, probably some people from California for some reason, went to Daytona Beach bleh, as, and, and I'll be real, I like the fact that you can drive on Daytona Beach. It's just, it's like a different thing. I've been there a couple times. I have literally not been there since 2002. I would never go again, but it was an experience to be had when I was living on the East Coast, particularly when I was living in Florida, and it was easily accessible. But this is 1999 that this movie came out. So let's assume filmed in 1998. They couldn't even be like, I mean, I guess maybe it was, maybe it was like a licensing thing somehow. Like they couldn't even Probably. mention real, I, I don't know, whatever. Have it be literally anywhere else other than Daytona Beach. So they couldn't say it was in Jamaica or they couldn't say it was in Cancun. There were like a dozen other places it's been. Acapulco, yep. I think was some of them. So like put it in one of those places. Like, it could clearly be somewhere that MTV had had spring break, but I don't know. It just, it, it bugged me and it's going to bug me because these poor girls flew to nasty ass stage on a beach, apparently. 
like from California, also, you know, California's got some beautiful beaches, and it's like, why would you go to Daytona? And like, if you are going to go to Florida, Sarasota, to Sarasota, uh, oh yeah, man, Tampa, Marco Island, Saint yeah, Pete. go to Marco Island, yeah, St. Pete. I'm like, man, West. you know, the Gulf, of, yeah, well, Key West, Key West. Is not big beaches, but whatever, Key West, yeah, Key West's not big, but if you you go to like Crandon Park in Miami, you go to like Fort Lauderdale, Hallandale Beach, I'm like, those are some of the prettiest, best beaches you can ever go to anywhere yeah. that I've been to. And you're going to go to Daytona. It was apparently spring break, Manny. So moving on. Well, apparently. I know. Apparently it was. Moving on. The other thing I had an issue with, little thing, quote unquote, was Lainey says to Zach, I was in the counselor's office yesterday. I believe next to your name, it said undecided regarding where he was going to college. Did they ever actually advertise that shit like in first of all in the counselor's office already seems like whoa big big no-no but i sure still don't remember my high school being like here's a list in the counselor's office where everyone can see where you're going and i even googled this because i was like okay maybe this is some california thing i don't know but the only thing i could find was that some schools publish a list of where their students went after they graduate and it seemed like it was like the year after so like if you graduated in 1998 the high school would publish a list somewhere maybe in the local paper or something of where people went to school but i cannot believe even in 1998 1999 that schools were posting a list in the counselor's office that was like here's where all the students are going to school where this is supposed to be like laney clearly lives in the hills so whatever school they're going to is this like giant school right probably several thousand kids so let's say the graduating class was at least 500 kids but probably more like a thousand kids possibly more Mm -hmm. and you're gonna tell me they've got papers hanging on their wall that just lists where everybody's going to college and next to wallpaper yeah like do do they just (laughs) reprint it every two weeks after somebody's like hey guidance counselor i decided i'm going to ucla and it's like okay we gotta reprint this whole list you gotta reprint the whole the whole panel here the whole fucking panel you gotta reprint it yeah i think that was just like a stupid plot thing because they could have done that in a conversation and i I think it would have been like good but maybe i'm just asking for too much like again we're being a little too classical with this movie. What we wanted was a conversation between Zach and uh, and Lainey and be like, hey, so are you thinking about school? What do you want to do with your future? And he's like, nah, I don't really want to do school. And she's like, oh, really? Why not? Which would have been a very nice scene where you get to, you know, expand and know the characters. Nah. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> Fuck that shit. This she's is just 1999, like, bitches. We ain't giving 1999, baby. The writers are like, we got to wrap this shit up, yo. Let's wrap it up right now. Write that shit on a wall, whether he's going to college or not. Bring it up. And then we're done and we keep going. End of story. Well. Terrible. I think on that note, we can move on to the next bit, which you get to introduce. All that said, now it's time for us to dig deep for a few things to add to our these are all that list. Okay, listen. I know that it's unrealistic that most of an entire high school would somehow have learned that Rockefeller skank choreographed dance but damn right I wish something like that had happened at my prom and I don't care I think it's fun and I liked it I'm not gonna crap on it look I love a good dance sequence 
just like anyone else. It's just to me, it's extremely foreign. I'm going to tell you real quick what happened at my prom. Number one, I almost got arrested. Okay. Because I put a big anarchy symbol on the back of my jacket. And this lady cop thought I was part of a gang. And I was like, no, ma'am, because I was just like a little tiny, little, little Manny revolutionary. Right. So I was like, no, it's just like anarchy, like, like no laws and, and no order, whatever. And she's like, no, I really think it's part of a gang. Literally her partner was like, let's just leave him alone. He's, he's not wrong. It's, he's right. He's just, he's a kid. He's just messing around, you know, like whatever. And the lady wouldn't let it go. And they almost like arrested me. And then me and my date and a few other people, not a few other people, probably like 10 other people. We actually stormed the boys bathroom and smoked in the boys room because we, that's what we wanted to do. So we had like 20 people in there smoking cigarettes and weed the entire time, you know, cause we wanted to do that. You know, the Alice Cooper thing. We're like, yeah, yeah no, man, we got to do this shit. So my prom was a little different. It was a little more, you know, I mean, it, it was, it was Miami. You know? It was 1994 or something, you know, it was insane. <laughs> so we're going to cover a lot of movies that have proms in them. So I'm saving my prom stories for later. So now that you've told yours. Oh, damn it. I should have saved it. Oh, no, man. All right. no, <laughs> no. Cause like now you've told yours. I have actually two. Cause I, my high school had two proms. So, but they don't nice. quite fit with this current situation. But I mean, seriously though, like this whole choreographed dancing, listen, it's awkward. It makes no sense. How did these people learn it? I get it. And I know earlier I said, I refuse suspension of disbelief when they're talking about people that are like six inches away from them or whatever. But in this particular instance i'm suspending my disbelief and saying fuck yeah they learned this awesome choreographed dance and they can get it and i know we also we mentioned earlier preston and how this guy shouldn't be friends with these people and i think that was something you also wanted to bring back up because dude is cool yes he's a rich kid he maybe doesn't argue with his friends as much as he could or should about the fact that they're making this fucking creepy ass bet but like in general he's kind of just a nice dude for yeah 99 percent of the time we see him he was a normal guy he would have easily have been my best friend throughout this entire movie you know and in high school he's like yeah that's the guy i would have clung to the most because it's like you know what he's a normal dude totally cool he was a weird one to have in there like i'm glad they did because i like the actor it just seemed kind of weird and almost a little out of place you know I don't know. Maybe they were just trying to give these uh, these other two guys some balance there, I guess. They needed to have, like, the neutral person. I mean, what really happened, honestly, it's 1999. They had to have the black token person. And you know what? Hold on. I I'm going to retract that. I'm not even going to. I'm going to retract that. Because I will say this. There was more diversity in this movie than I thought mm -hmm. I would have seen for a movie that was in, in 1995. When they're in the beach and stuff like that and the other girls are there and stuff, I was like, hey, that's fucking cool. You know, like, it was just it was very natural is what it was it wasn't like a you know like it didn't seem forced or anything like that i was like oh yeah cool and it was just, everyone just played it off as normal like oh that's awesome you know like this is exactly how it should be the fact that two of the four popular girls were people of color and yeah. that one of the three super popular guys was a person of color was yep. for 1999 better than you could expect and, and also, all three of them were super nice people. Yeah, very nice like, people. And they weren't playing stereotypes of themselves, right? Or like of their race nope. or anything like that. And it was just like, hey, these are just normal fucking dudes, normal ladies, just like the rest of us. And that's what I loved about it. It was very natural. There's one thing I'm going to give this movie. It's going to be that. 
you know, where I was like, okay, at least you guys did it, did this good, you know, and did it right. That's awesome. For 1999, you know. For 1999, anyway, <laughs> you know. I was raised in Little Havana. Little Havana is like the Cuban ghetto in Miami. So I was raised there. I went to an inner, inner city school where we were all equal in the sense that we were all poor, you know. That was it. We all wore the same clothes every day. No one ever said anything or anything like that. So when I moved out to another place in Miami called Kendall, then that back then anyway, was that was more not necessarily upper class, but it was more like like middle kind of upper class. And when I went there is when I experienced like the clicks, right? When you had all your like rich white people that hung out all your, you know, everybody was all segregated. And I couldn't understand it because I was like, wait a minute, what are you talking about? You know, I wore the same jeans one time, twice in a week. And it was the last time I ever made that mistake, you know, God, because everybody noticed. Yeah. Like, how dare you? So it was really weird. So I don't know, just watching this then. And that's what I noticed about it. How they included like diversity was just very natural. And to me, I don't know. I think that's like the one thing that they did good in this. Yeah. Don't disagree. And, and, and what's up with that Sarah Michelle Geller cameo? Did you catch that? Yes, I did. I'm almost wondering. <laughs> so obviously her and Freddie Prince Jr. are married. Yes. And I'm almost wondering if that's how they met. That's well, I think they probably knew each other before because Sarah Michelle Geller at this point was already in Buffy. She was already like top tier actress, right? Like CW wise or whatever it was back then. She was already famous. And for her to appear on a set to literally have a two second scene where she just looks at someone and nods. I'm like, nah, she was there as a cameo because of Freddie Prince Jr. Like, I'm sorry. I mean, that's Sarah Michelle Gellar. She would have had a talking line. She would have had something else going on because literally at that time, aside from Freddie Prince Jr., she was the, she was a bigger name than anybody else in that movie. Period. Mm -hmm. Even even combined, oh, sure. honestly, you know, and she just went there to look at some fucking cafeteria kid and look away like, nah, that was like a, hey, honey, can I can I show up on your set real quick? You know, she was there having lunch and then they were just like, oh, hey, you want to be in the background real quick? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. awesome. Awesome. Cool. You know, <laughs> that's the way I see it. What are your these are all that moments other than maybe Sarah Michelle Geller? Sarah Michelle Geller, Hannah Paquin. I love Anna Paquin. So anytime mm -hmm. she shows up, I just, I love it. Freddie Prince Jr., which was interesting to me because I felt like they were kind of introducing the death of the, uh, of the letter jacket mm -hmm. kid, you know, into the spring break guy, right? Like spring break guy kind of become, they kind of became like the letter jacket kids of that time period. And like I said, this movie to me in that time period, like really resembled like a true change in the world for me where I was like, oh, wow. Okay. Things are different now like they're really different and this was the first time i really saw it you know and i think i was like i was like 23 or 24 when this movie came out i think i was 23 i'm aging myself now but yeah so that was like 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 a real turn because i was already i mean i was well i mean i think i was supposed to graduate in 94 so i was like well outside of that entire thing at this point i mean you're talking six years later five years later well outside of it at this point but yeah to me that yeah, was like well, I, whereas i was in the midst of it so yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah you know so yeah i think that i thought it was cool and i and i know for a fact that they didn't put it in there like on purpose but what i saw from it was like oh this is almost like an introduction to the death of the letter jacket 
clean cut kid of high school to when it became to like the spring break bad boy. And this was the sought out kind of person now, mm. which I thought they introduced, which I thought was cool. And I know they didn't do it on purpose. It was a mistake, obviously, but that's how I felt. Again, like the diversity, I thought they did a great job with that. I thought it was really cool. But just because they made it extremely natural, it was super awesome. They cast the right people. And I will say this also. The casting on this movie was really good. Even Paul Walker, like, hey, yeah, I got mad at his character. You know why? Because mm-hmm. he's a good actor. That's why. And Freddie Prince Jr. honestly was probably the weakest of, of all of the people. But, you know, whatever. He was in it. And that's cool. And I don't have any problems with Freddie Prince Jr. Because I really liked like the Scooby-Doo movies that they did. And stuff. Yeah. I know everyone hated those movies, but I actually really liked them. You know, and I thought they were cool. But, yeah, I thought the casting was was really good. The pacing was wrong and totally terrible, but you know, whatever. <laughs> it's a nineteen, you know, nineteen ninety nine movie. Well, I mean, I guess for me, like other than the dance, I have to say, Jody Lynn O'Keefe as Taylor, she was amazing. Yeah, like she played the part; she owned it. Yeah, everything about it was just like, yeah, you hate her, but yep. you cannot deny the fact that she did real fucking good with. She did real good. She was given. And Matthew Lillard as Brock Hudson was so stupid fun. Like his dance, his stupid dance, like it's my song. (laughs) Oh my God, it's so bad, but I loved it so much. Even watching it again, like, oh God, it was it's cringy. I would give it a uh Uh, How cringy do I think that is? I think his dance, because it was so funny, that actually cuts down a little bit on the cringe factor, which gives I'd say an 8 out of 10. Yeah, yeah. 8 out of 10. 8 out of 10. I would say 8 out of 10. Because he did it good, you know? He's good. He's good. Finally, what's on our watch this, not that suggestion? You don't need to have to necessarily have one of these, because here's the thing. I probably should have told you this beforehand, but... It doesn't necessarily have to be like a teen movie or something. But for this particular one, my watch this, not that suggestion is actually the Netflix movie. He's all that. And this movie was like kind of universally panned. It has like a two and a half rating on like 2.5 out of five on a lot of places. But I kind of feel like the people who are rating this don't have kids in high school or something or also maybe don't like diversity i don't know it's not like listen this is not a great movie okay he's all that is not a great movie what it is is a reimagining it's she's all that but the dude is is the person that's being remade which has also happened in drive me crazy which we will definitely cover very soon but I don't know, man. Have you watched Cobra Kai? No, I have not. Oh my god, you're killing me here. So Robbie, <laughs> look, from I, Cobra I'm Kai. just gonna be, I'm like straight up. I was just, I liked the first Karate Kid movie when I was like a kid. You know what I'm saying? And like after that, I just didn't care anymore. <laughs> you know, okay, didn't. well here is, and I'm not deleting this from the podcast because I'm hoping that at some point somebody shits on you for having not watched this show. Cobra Kai <laughs> is fucking great. It really is. Like, because to be honest, I didn't see the Karate Kid movies till I was older. And I was like, these are cheesy as fuck. I don't know about this. But then Cobra Kai came out and I was like, holy shit. It is cheesy 
in a lot of ways. It is stupid in a lot of ways, but it's a fuck ton of fun to watch. So I think I think when it comes to like the Karate Kid is that I was a big fan of Mr. Miyagi. And then like when he was gone, I just kind of stopped. I was like, I don't I don't like if it doesn't have Mr. Miyagi. I was like, I don't He was the only like era wisdom in all of this with all these little hotheads. You know, so I was just like, I, yeah, I don't really care. Well, Cobra Kai is like this crazy, almost like reimagining of Karate Kid movies, but whatever. Seriously, just try the first season of Cobra Kai. That's all I'm going to say. Okay, but I, I will do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. So Robbie from Cobra Kai is the main male character, and it's flipped on its head because it's he's all that so he is the guy that is getting the makeover and i am putting this in quotes because it's like again we're gonna we're gonna talk about this when we cover drive me crazy because we've already seen this before in a 90s movie or maybe early 2000s i can't remember when drive me crazy came out but what i like about he's all that which came out in i think 2018 or 2019 is that there's LGBTQ representation. It's not the two main characters, but there are characters in there who are mm-hmm. LGBTQ just naturally and everybody accepts them. It's just a thing that's happening. It's not like a, oh my God, my friend is a lesbian. Oh no, nothing like that. It's cute. It's very fucking cheesy. Even though it's the girl who is making over the boy, she's the poor one and he's the rich one essentially and i don't want to get into too much of that because spoilers which is like weird because like who cares about spoilers for this thing rachel lee cook is a character does play a character in it matthew lillard also makes an appearance they're the only two from the original movie from what i can remember but like listen it's fucking cheesy it's not a good quality movie but i'm also a little bit annoyed that it only has a 2.5 rating out of five on whatever i was looking at i was like ah i think that this is better than that it is cheesy there's some weird things in there for some reason the boy that she's making over is a horse boy and i say that in terms of like horse girl but horse boy in this case so there's some weird things in there i'm not gonna lie but when I watched it, I was like, this is cute. Okay? Yeah. Like, this is cute. And to be fair, I had watched She's All That drunk one night. And this is how <laughs> I got the idea for this podcast series. Because I was on HBO watching something else. And then She's All That popped up as, like, a thing that they had recently added. And I was like, okay, what the fuck? I haven't watched this movie in, like, 20 years why not so i watched it and then i was like oh manny we got to do a podcast series are you in for this or not and you texted (laughs) me when i was drunk as fuck you know (laughs) i'm like oh yeah what are you kidding me fuck yeah let's do this (laughs) so this is how manny and i decided to do podcast series together yeah (laughs) but like because of that i was like okay i just watched this movie and now i know that there is a he's all that version so i'm watching this like a few days later and i was like oh shit listen again not a good movie like we're not talking this is gonna blow anybody's brains out or whatever in terms of like how amazing it is but it's cute and it's a really good spin on the tail and 
like I said, it's got some LGBTQ representation. The main character is a person of color. I'll be honest, I watched it once. I would watch it again. We're not here to have a great time. We're here to get our hands dirty in some <laughs> 90s and naughties right now. All right, dude. And it's going to be, we're going to be in the trenches, okay? And it's going to be muddy and it's going to be weird. <laughs> oh, I mean, we already have like a small list. I think I have a couple more to add to it. And I'm going to put it to our patrons and be like, which one should we do next? Have There's mercy a- on us. Yes, please. Well, no, I'm giving them a limited selection. (laughs) On that note, do you have any watch this, not that suggestions? The Marvelous Ms. Maisel. Like, I just caught up on that one. Mm. If you haven't watched that, watch that. I mean, hands down, it is pretty much a... I feel like it's pretty much a retelling of, like, the Joan Rivers story. It is so good, man. Like, it is so mm-hmm. good. And the writing is just, like, absolutely phenomenal and amazing. It's written by the Paladinos who wrote Gilmore Girls. So Exactly. Yeah. And you, you can see it all in there. It's just A-plus writing, A-plus acting, A-plus set designs. And my God, these are one of those shows I watch where I'm like, man, I wish I was born a woman just so I can wear those hats. I just love her outfits and her fucking hats and just her personality and all this stuff. Gosh, Mm -hmm. so well written. Real quick before I close out, what are we going to rate She's All That on a scale of 1 to 10 Zach Morris's? So 10 is the worst, right? Yes. I would give this one probably an 8. I'm going to give it an 8, and I'll tell you why. Because I really walked into it expecting more cringe than watching it. It made me question myself. Where I was like, hey, you know what? Maybe I haven't like evolved as a human as much as I should have because a lot of this just seems kind of familiar to me. And even though I don't agree with it, like a lot of this stuff, it was just like, oh yeah, this is the kind of shit. It wasn't cringe, cringe as like I expected it to be, but it was cringe. So I don't know. I'm gonna say an eight because it was definitely cringe on the outside, but there were still some endearing qualities about it. So it wasn't like a 100% terrible movie. There was characters that I could actually relate to and was like, oh, okay, cool. I actually agree with you. I think I'm also going to go with 8 out of 10, Zach Morris's. Lainey herself, despite some of the choices that she made, was still a very outspoken character with her own personality. She wasn't just this like yeah. girl who they molded. And even in the end, they didn't mold her, right? They plucked mm-hmm. her eyebrows and cut her hair and shit, but she was still the same person. So I will give yep. them that. And like you said, there's some fun moments and stuff. So yeah, 8 out of 10 Zach Morris's on the Cringe Factor yeah. scale. There's a couple movies on our list that I feel like are going to be way worse. But I think that this one, I think this one was... Uh, it yeah, had it has down points. <laughs> this, was, this was the appetizer, guys, of what is to come. Okay, <laughs> that's all it is. We went a little easy on this one. Yeah. Well, and if you are interested in being able to vote on what our next choice will be, please join our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash geeksaga underscore entertainment. I will be putting that poll up probably in the next 24 hours. So as we close out our episode, just want to give a shout out to our Heroes to Your Patron, Tommy at the TKOK Podcast Network. Thank you so much for supporting us. And thank you to our listeners for joining us for this first episode of 90s and Naughty's Cringe Factor on She's All That. For the most current news and updates about this series, follow me 
slash Geek Saga Entertainment at a Geek Saga on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. But again, thank you guys so much for listening. And you will listen to us maybe sometime in March when we have a second movie to cover. Who knows? There we go. We'll see. Thank you for listening to the Geek Saga podcast. If you like what you heard, please check out other Geek Saga entertainment endeavors, including the Sagas and Sass webcast and podcast and Ice and Fire Con.